1: We've heard from listeners and school groups alike that fundraising is really hard this year. They are having to reimagine their events from last year. Some schools are just converting those events to an online forum. Others are hesitant to do that because they are hearing from parents that the last thing they want is another Zoom meeting. As a working parent, I can say that the Zoom fatigue is real, but I can also say that the events that we are going to talk about in today's episode are the espresso to my Zoom fatigue. We're going to talk about some ways to put the fun back in fundraising. Welcome, Ryan Galloway-Taha, Director of Advancement for the Barstow School. We are so excited to have you. You have well over a decade of fundraising experience and some of the most creative ideas, frankly, of anybody I've talked to in the fundraising space. So very happy to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have you today.
0: Thank you. That's so lovely. You guys are so nice.
1: (laughs) We
2: try. (laughs) (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into fundraising?
0: Oh, sure. It's, I mean, I'm sure every fundraiser would say this, but it's a funny story. So I went to college at Wheaton College in Massachusetts. And while I was there, I won a fellowship, a supporter fellowship, and I went to Cleveland, Ohio, And was at the Cleveland Orchestra. And when I showed up on this fellowship, I really wanted to work in the arts education space. And they had two women, lovely women, working in arts education. And they said, we don't need you. But you know who needs you? Development. And I was crestfallen, to say the least. But I went to development. I was their intern. And, you know, it was everything from going to events that they had to stuffing on the obviously and everything in between. So, I went to this event that they had in the country, they had a second location, and I ended up talking to one of their donors. And he said, I said, you know, well, you, you know, hi, I'm Ryan, I'm the intern, and he introduced himself and he was the president of KeyBank, actually. And I said, "Well, why do you give to the orchestra?" And he said, "I give because there are people like me who grew up like I did who don't have access to music and they never will unless the Cleveland Orchestra provides their musicians and they go out into the country where I'm from and they take their hundreds of thousands of dollars you know their instruments that they're worth and they show them to the kids and they let them touch them and play with them and it might spark something for someone. And it was in that moment that I realized that as much as I love arts education, if there's no money to fund arts education, it's not going to happen. And that started me down my path in the uh, development world.
2: Yeah. So being the director of advancement for school, what are some of the typical events that you do in a school year?
0: Director of advancement, just a bit of a disclaimer. For most people who work in the K-12 space like I do, it's typically development director is your title, director of development. And so my boss decided we were done developing and we were now advancing. So I got that title. It's interesting, but that means that I oversee alumni relations and the fundraising for the main campus of the Barstow School. So this year, we have our largest goal, which is $1.2 million. And the school is 136 years old, and that is the most money that any development director has been asked to raise. So it is definitely a challenge, but I'm sure we'll talk more about that. And the part that I I really organically respond to is also alumni relations. I love planning the events. And in terms of alumni events, typically we do happy hours, we have regional dinners in Chicago and New York and LA and Dallas and all over the country. We have an alumni weekend that I created five years ago. We have a holiday party for local alumni in Kansas City. And we also have one big fundraising event a year, which is the auction. And some people call it the gala.
2: Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about the gala? I'm assuming that's probably your most popular and and largest event of the year, as you said.
0: It is. This year, it's going to look very different. But in years past, It's a gathering of anywhere between 175 to more than 300 people. And it's what most people might imagine. There's a large ballroom. There's a live auction. There's a raffle. There's a big silent auction with hundreds of items. There's a staff that is handling checking people in and checking people out. And the goal really in the past has been to raise $200,000. But after you rent that large ballroom and all the space and pay for the food and the drinks we were netting about $100,000. So that format actually changed when I was promoted two years ago. And we basically have, I wanted to make the auction more fun. While the fundraiser was very successful financially, before, it was not a very fun event. So um, in 2019, in February, we had a um, Barstow on Baltimore, which is a street in downtown Kansas City at this gorgeous event space, and we had a Mad Men theme, and we um, had VIP tickets, which we'd never done before. We had the opportunity for people to come early, have special drinks. We had fewer silent auction items, and we had a a shorter live auction, which had some technical difficulties, so we did not raise as much money as we thought we would. The AV didn't work, so I couldn't show the gorgeous Mexican villa and I couldn't show the fabulous beach house and South Coast and all those kinds of things. So, you know, as I say, Murphy is always busy, but people talked about how fun the band was because there was dancing and we had a fabulous caterer and we had all those things. So that was 2019 in February. We celebrated our 135th year last fall and we had a party at the school. It seemed very appropriate to celebrate that huge event on campus and not in a ballroom somewhere else. And so we had a tent put in our back parking lot. We had the same band because people loved it. And it was not, the idea was that it was not going to be a huge fundraiser. The idea is that people are going to come, have a good time, celebrate the school. We made it free. There was no ticket price. And uh, we had a small silent auction and people made donations. And so this year, we are doing our auction gala online, and we are slated for February 2021 right now. So that's
1: interesting that the concept of making it free and making it about the experience rather than making it about fundraising and that kind of philosophy. I know you've been doing some reading about giving philosophies. And probably thought a lot about that aspect of offering something for free and having people come and giving as kind of secondary, as well as the concept of transactional philanthropy. Tell me a little more about that reading that you've done, the different kinds of philanthropy and what you view as most successful to your strategy moving forward.
0: Well, I will say that I would much rather spend the time on finding five to 10 donors to give me $100,000, then spend six months planning a huge party and chasing down auction items and begging people for things when I can use the skill set that I have to accomplish the same goal, literally the same goal. And so transactional philanthropy is something I think a lot about because I see the people who buy things at the auction, but don't make a cash gift, and they're different. I have run the numbers. I have a fabulous person I work with who's able to extract the data, and I realize that I have to meet people where they are, quite frankly. If you want to get something for your gift, I have to respect that. But I also have to think about how else can I approach you? If we're not having an event with so many auction items, you're not going to make a gift. So something that I have been talking about with the Advancement Committee of the board is actually kind of deputizing them to reach out to, in many cases, their friends and say, you know, I know you usually buy something at the auction. Would you be willing to talk to Ryan? She's great. And she would love to chat with you more about what the auction proceeds do for the school and how you can help this year. And so that's one way that I've been able to um, address that issue for people who absolutely want something in return for their gift. Now, once I ask them, obviously, for a cash gift, they can say yes or no, right? And that's fundraising. But the opportunity and the entree provided by someone else, I think is very important.
1: I think that's an interesting way of looking at it because I don't know how many groups at schools think about different kinds of givers, right? And I think there is a lot of focus on that transactional philanthropy and giving something for a donor or somebody getting something for their donation. But I think the recognition that there's a whole group of people that don't necessarily need or want that exchange and want to be able to participate and give for the sake of supporting the school is really important. And being able to, like you said, meet people where they are is super important and also understand where time is best spent. In other words, how much are you getting from this category of events and this category of givers versus this other category? It's a really smart way of looking at your strategy. Speaking of strategy, this year has been a little different. Um, You mentioned you had your fall (laughs) gala in person. But I'm guessing that's probably one of the last things you've done in person. Uh, How has your strategy changed?
0: Oh, gosh, Um, so much. It's a new strategy called throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. (laughs) I like it. Very cool. Very original. And so I have been really thinking a lot about how we can engage people. It is October. We are in person at Barstow and online. And so we have about 66% of our students on the whole in the building, and that is an interesting dynamic. So that started in mid-August. So since then, I've been thinking about how do we engage people? And one really fun idea that uh, we've come up with that we're moving forward with is actually um, we have our production this year, Zombie Prom. For the theater department and they're doing everything virtually they sent the kids home with kits to make their own green screens and they're filming everything in their own home and so this will be offered and live streamed to everyone who pays for it well i started thinking at the suggestion of a board member i will say um who said you know i wish we could do some more to like around theater events and so i started thinking about that and i said Well, you know, I said to my staff, what if we come up with a package? These are, it's very trendy right now. What if we come up with a fabulous package and an opportunity that people will not have if they don't pay for it? And so what we're doing is we're putting together a zombie cocktail mix in the spirit of zombie prom, the production. There will be two tiki glasses. There will be rum, really nice rum. I just want to say that. And we're doing a charcuterie board and we have a local fabulous company that's donating the best cookies in the world because she has herself uh, in a PTA done fundraising and said, anything you guys need, I'm happy to help. So it's very generous of her. And we're doing a custom bag with the theater productions logo on it. But we're also offering a meet and greet with cast and crew on Zoom. And for all of that, it's $125. And you also get a link to watch the production at any time you want. So in terms of cost, it's costing us about $70 to $80 to put this all together. And I'm saying very uh, explicitly that the rest will be a gift to the Barstow Fund. So that's one that is a test run. It's a kind of a beta thing for us, and we're going to see how it goes. We're really excited about it, and it's a nice opportunity to make relationships with local um, businesses. So that's a fun thing that we're doing to engage parents. On the alumni front, we've got so many ideas. We are starting a book club with a very beloved teacher here at Barstow. He's selecting four books that they'll read over the course of the next eight months, basically, and they'll meet every four to six weeks. And... His name is Mark, and Mark is so excited. He said, well, do you think it'll be just, you know, some of the students that I taught, or do you think it'll be older alumni? And I said, you know, it's really hard to tell, but when it comes to some other events we've had, we get a really nice range of the women who graduated in the 60s and the 70s, and also those who graduated in the 90s and the 2000s. So that's a really fun idea. We also are toying around with the idea of launching a master class taught by alumni. And the first iteration with this, we have a really lovely man who's a world renowned pastry chef. And we want to ask him if he will do a baking class for us. We'll provide the ingredients for people here in Kansas City, but he'll get on Zoom and teach people how to bake a delicious holiday cookie. We also have someone who is a former press secretary who's among our alumni. And I'm thinking about, well, I have to send this email, draft it, but I'm asking him to possibly do a public relations talk for us. I think that would be really exciting and very cool. So we are certainly using the resources that we have in-house and we're just trying a bunch of things. Inevitably, something will fail. We had alumni weekend was, October 9th and 10th. And we had like 25 people signed up for the trivia Zoom that evening. And like half of those people showed up. Life gets in the way. It's a Friday night. I completely understand. But I still consider it a success because the people who were there had a wonderful time. And it made us really understand that there are folks who crave this kind of engagement. I connected with people who I'd never seen before in person or on zoom. So, we're reaching people in a way that is effective and I'm happy and proud of Happy about that and proud of that. You
2: just gave us so much good information and like I like where do we get the invite for this these events? It sounds amazing. <laughs> I really love that you're telling schools and hopefully a lot of people are listening is that you're telling schools that, you know, you can pivot, you can be creative, you can have customization, you can have it a mix. And I love that you guys are doing this online, but you're also tapping into your local businesses and networks to participate and give to this cause. I think it's, there's so much good and so much value and just kind of everything that you've just said and, and you guys have going on. And I'm like, really applaud how much and and what you guys are doing to make a successful fundraising online. And there's probably a lot of schools who don't have as much resources that could use these exact ideas with little money and could help you know uplift their programs.
0: You know, I hope so because everybody has someone. Everyone's got someone, they've got an expert, they've got a connection, they know someone who knows someone. The six degrees of separation is the older I get, the more real it becomes for me. So everyone's got that. And it's, I think the other thing is that I found that right now people, a lot of people really want to help and they don't know how to, and they might not unless they are asked. So I would also offer that as just ask, get out there and ask your local people, because you would be surprised how many people would say, oh, I'll give you that. You can have that, or we would be happy to participate somehow.
2: When planning something like this, it seems intense, but could you give us a little kind of draft preview of what you need as a team to kind of schedule and make something like this happen? Maybe just a timeline if it takes about three months to get organized. What do you think or what is your advice to schools who who want to do something similar?
0: Well, I will say on the subject of our packages for zombie prom, we're pulling it together pretty quickly. It's about a three and a half week lead time. And we will give the packages out the week of Halloween. And so, but that was really, can we get the bags turned around? Can we, is a, a local restaurant willing to do the, the boards for us? It was really kind of getting those answers. How fast can Amazon get those boxes here? I mean, it was everything that you can think of, but also a communication strategy. What we're doing is we have a weekly email that's called Review Preview that goes out on Fridays. And my message will be the lead message for that. It goes to the entire uh, school in terms of all parents. There are only 24 spots. As I said, this is a test run for us. So we're saying there are only 24 spots. It's $125. Act now. We're giving people one week. And then after that, the packages will be assembled. Everything will be delivered and people will pick them up from school. So it's, a, it's relatively a kind of a, a light lift on this, something like talking to a former press secretary. We're planning that event for January and it's an email and then it's some promotion and then figuring out if it's very popular, what's our platform? Are we on regular Brady Bunch Zoom or are we on a fancier Zoom where you can't see anyone and he's speaking And everyone is muted. And you know what I mean? We've got to, we'll see how that goes on. We're flexible in that way. But today is mid-October now. And so we think that that's enough of a lead time to promote it properly and to make sure that he feels like prepared. And if there's anything that he wants to promote, that he's got some time to pull that together and make his connection. So yeah, that's exciting, I think.
1: It's very exciting. I think that it's encouraging to see how quickly you can pull something like the zombie prong packages together and how you're able to really just pivot your your plan. Um, In this throw-everything-at-the-wall strategy, have you come across any don't-dos, like things to avoid, lessons learned, any wisdom to impart there?
0: In this particular context, I would say don't pigeonhole yourself. Just don't, you know, the kind of never say never. I will never do X, Y, and Z. I, you know, I will just say never say never. But also invite people into your, your thought process, I think, is something that I would absolutely advise. I keep talking about the fact that this is a theater production and I went and had a one-on-one with the director of theater. He had the time to put together an Amazon wish list to which he invited me. And I was able to forward that and invite a woman who is our assistant in advancement. And so she's actually managing the Amazon ordering and thinking, oh, do we really need little sticks? How much are they? I don't think we do. But let's definitely do the glasses and let's definitely do these bags. And so I would say, Bob, who's a director of theater, had some fantastic ideas and found a fabulous mix that we were able to just kind of roll with. So I think be collaborative in most things. I feel that way, but certainly when you're trying new things, try out your ideas on people, see what they have to say. And they might give you a hard no, and that can be very valuable, or they can add to what you've already developed and thought about, and then they can take it a step further and it can be even more fabulous.
2: So out of all the of ideas that you've mentioned here, is there any must-dos, anything that you would recommend? If I'm a school PTA leader and I've got between now and July to do whatever fundraising I want, is there any one or two or three ideas that you would throw out of like, hey, you should give this a shot?
0: Oh boy. In terms of this moment, I would say I think that everybody right now is, everyone's talking about Zoom fatigue, right? We're all tired of Zoom. We're all on Zoom, da-da-da-da-da. Okay. Don't let that deter you from putting something on Zoom or whatever platform you have access to. Give it a try. I think that our virtual gala in February is going to be on, probably on Zoom, but I would say make it really easy. I've taken a lot of webinars on this because it's a new space for so many people. And there are so many free webinars right now. I would like to say that if you're not taking the webinars, this is a missed opportunity. Everything is basically free. And if you can't watch it while it's live, they send you a recording. So you're having a busy week. You're having a busy day. You watch it when you've got some time on Friday at two o'clock. And that's great. So, I've learned a ton by going to webinars. And the one piece of advice that I've been really looking out for in terms of virtual events is make it really easy for people to access it. Make it one click. Do not send them barstowschool.org, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, one, two, three, you know, the alphabet. No, make it a link, make it very easy, whether it be on Facebook Live or Zoom or whatever it is. I think that's very important. And I also think that I just think that people have to try things. I know I said that earlier, but just don't be afraid. Try it. If it doesn't work, if seven people come, okay, but those seven people might actually be the seven people you need it. You never know who's going to show up. And that is kind of a fun piece of this, I would say, that I I know from standing in many rooms for many cocktail parties over the course of my career, you don't know who's going to show up. And it's the same thing virtually. It's uncharted territory, but it also provides this amazing opportunity for accessibility. You know, we're in Kansas City. We've got alumni, half of our alumni live outside of Kansas City. So that's a few thousand people. Someone who's on West Coast time can come and go back to class, which is something we do during alumni weekends. And we saw such an amazing response from so many generations and from so many locations throughout the country and the world of people who wanted to join class. They want to know what our history is like right now. They want to know what's going on in English 12 and no, they wouldn't get on a plane and come to alumni weekend because it's not their reunion or what have you, but they can click a link from their desk and listen and watch. And it's fantastic. So Don't be deterred is what I would say by the Zoom situation that everyone is talking about. Just try it. I think that's
1: such great advice. I mean, you've given us so many good pieces today, aside from some super creative, specific event ideas. I mean, you've said don't shy away from things, try new things, don't get discouraged if they don't work out as the way you envision them because they still are very successful Tap your network, your local community, your alumni community, your global community. That network contains a lot of gems, resources in terms of expertise, resources in terms of people who want to participate and who can help on the fundraising front, and then make it easy. I think these are really good pieces of advice, and thank you so much for being on our show today because I think that these are things people can implement right away.
0: Welcome. Can I give some parting words? Absolutely. Absolutely. That
1: yeah. was what I was going to tee up next.
0: Oh, look at that. Okay. So, I, you know, speaking to younger fundraisers and even someone that I'm mentoring, often get asked, what are your tips for fundraising? You know, so an absolute must do, do this always for the rest of your life. I don't care if you're a fundraiser, PTA president, principal, doesn't matter. always have to listen and do not interrupt and i know any good fundraiser will tell you that and i am here to echo that sentiment because if you listen people will tell you what they want you to know and it's your job to then ask good questions and a good question isn't a complicated question it doesn't have to be it's a simple question that goes deeper And you learn more about this person. Because if you don't know what's important to a person, you're not going to be able to get the most, well, quite frankly, the largest gift, if I'm being very frank. It also helps you build relationships, which is what fundraising is. It's relationships, in my case, with parents and alumni and grandparents, but also local businesses and also my colleagues. I'm so grateful to... Bob, the theater director, and Mark, the English teacher, for their time. And so when you listen, you get so much from it that you then know which way to go. I also think that people should not be afraid to pick up the phone. I know it is 2020 and no one's trying to talk phone talk. I understand that. However, especially when people are upset, picking up the phone really can just take the air out of the tires listen again, but don't be afraid to do that. And my third tip is actually kind of a funny one, I think, but I learned it by messing up, quite frankly. And it's dress, if you're going to even a Zoom meeting or you're going to meet someone for coffee or lunch or whatever the meeting is, dress according to your donor. If this person is a business casual person, don't show up in a three-piece suit and wingtips it doesn't the whole idea is you want to make them comfortable you want to show respect which is why you're putting on a nice cold together outfit but you don't want to make them uncomfortable and I will say this because when I worked in New Jersey at an art center I didn't quite get that and the VP of development there pulled me aside and said you got to dress according to your donor he was a man and so I think there were fewer options for him but he said you said exactly what I told you. And I also realized now living in the Midwest, being an East Coast girl, I used to come in very, very dressed for work every day. But I was meeting with women in yoga pants, because they are busy moms She drop off their kids and, and that kind of thing. And I realized that I'm not going to be in yoga pants, but I don't mean to be in a heel super dressed up, I can be in something more accessible, that makes them feel more comfortable. And then we were able to kind of launch into it much more quickly, and I could tell that it was it was a better situation. I would say my only do not is do not be afraid to ask for a lot of money. It is better to ask for too much than not enough, always.
1: I like it. Um, I like the the point about dressing and making the person you're meeting with feel comfortable, because I think that allows you to really listen. It allows the person on the other side to open up and feel comfortable, right? And then you have a really good engaging dialogue. And I think listening is critical in this space. I mean, if you think of like a PTA mission statement, it's all about advocacy and support of children and family in the community. How can you advocate or support unless you listen? If you think about fundraising, it's all about supporting the school and the programs in the school. And again, how do you know what people need? Listening, right? And so it really, that's such a great point. And I actually think that phone calls are getting a little more airtime these days. People are so sick of Zoom meetings. I really had a friend the other day say, I don't want to connect with you on any sort of video conferencing. I do that for work all day. Call me. I was like, OK, I can do that. So I yes. really, really great advice. I love it.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: Thanks so much again for being on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. I, I really think that this is valuable information and best of luck hitting your big goal for the year. We'll be at those events if you send us the invite. We'll definitely be rooting <laughs> for you.
0: Ooh, well that's exciting. I will make sure that you absolutely get the link. Thank you for the good vibes. It's hard work, but it is incredibly rewarding and I'm really grateful that I get to be really excited to come to work every day.
1: That is a rarity. We feel the same way about our job. I'm I'm glad that you do as well. And the Barstow School is lucky to have you.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks. Thanks. You guys take care. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school and subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on the show, we share additional resources on our company blog at k12clothing.com and click on blog. Thanks to Squad Locker for making this show possible. And we'll see you next week in the multi-purpose room.